Hello, heroes, and welcome back to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. We are concluding our C2E2 celebration this week with a star-studded episode. We brought Kat Murphy, Alex Manich, Johnny O'Mara, Trisha Bobita of Nerdette, and Brian Holden of Team Star Kid together to play Call of Cthulhu as Batman, Indiana Jones, James Bond, Tom Riddle, and Doctor Who. This is part of a game series I run every year at Gen Con, in a crazy crossover universe of my own design. Today's two-hour episode is only the first half of this series. And the second part goes up Friday, April 25th, marking the start of C2E2. Speaking of C2E2, OneShot is going to be there, giving away free dice, raffling off some awesome prizes, and meeting fans. If you're going to show up there too, let us know on Twitter at OneShotRPG. But with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Every week this month, we have brought you a brand new series, and we are bringing you the conclusion of that celebration with the craziest crossover that you will ever s- not no. see here, <laughs> that you will ever hear. And with me, I have a very special team of people, uh, some people who are going to be familiar voices to you, some people who are joining us, one person who will be joining <laughs> us for the first time. <laughs> We're so happy to have everybody here. So let's start off with my podcasting life partner. <laughs> Alex Jordan Manich. Yeah. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh-huh. I'm already two cocktails deep. We are starting super late. Yeah, we are. Um, we are. We've got, we ate a whole pizza. We ate a whole pizza. <laughs> Each. Yeah. Each. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got that good post-pizza energy that uh-huh. is perfect <laughs> for audio. Uh-huh. Alex, who are you playing this week? Uh, this week, I'm going to be playing James Bond. Ooh. Yes, Bond. James Bond. Why, why don't you tell the audience just a reason that you love the character that you're portraying? Well, I think a lot, uh, like a lot of maybe listeners uh, around my age, uh, my first exposure to James Bond was through the N64 game GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. Uh, really my first time ever really getting into multiplayer video gaming and stuff like that. So, you know, I played the game before I ever saw a Bond film. Yeah, so very actually the exact same for me. Too. Right. Yeah. So that was my first exposure and so you know that of course i have a a definite affinity for the character Mm -hmm. it it, i i love the character because you know it started a a lifelong love of video gaming but also the movies are really cool and i love espionage i love uh you know it I like the hokiness mixed with a little bit of the espionage yeah yeah um and and, uh definitely james bond uh is one of the one of the cooler as a as a young nerd Everybody wants to be, everybody imagines themselves being cool and saying the right thing at the right time and, mm-hmm. and, and, and being able to, you know, woo all the ladies with just, just their words and stuff like that. And, you know, being a nerd, I didn't do any of those things <laughs> and couldn't do any of those things. Uh, so there's definitely, uh, 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 yeah, I like the, every, I like the character for everybody kind of wants to be James Bond a little bit. For sure. You get, to, you get to play with cool gadgets, drive around cool cars. Uh-huh. Uh, and hang out with some super cool ladies. Yeah, he's the macho fantasy made flesh. Absolutely. And yeah. it's interesting, uh, like, because of that video game, my James Bond is Pierce Brosnan, but only in DK mode. 
<laughs> All right. That's a little inside baseball for everybody. Let's move on to Johnny O'Mara, also a Peaches and Hot Sauce Network true. representative. Welcome to the show, Hello. Johnny. Thanks for having me back. Uh, thanks for, for joining us all the way from Dilettante Ball. Yeah, it's, it's um, it was so, a trek, but... The Dilettante <laughs> Ball is so far from here, you guys. Um, Johnny, who are you playing this week? Uh, this week I am playing Tom Morvolo Riddle, a.k.a. Lord Voldemort. That And here here's how much... Johnny loves Harry Potter, you guys. I did not put the middle name on the character sheet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows that by heart. Well, so it's because it anagrams to I am Lord Voldemort. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Johnny, uh, why don't you... <laughs> I mean, I feel like you've already proven your nerd cred already. What's that in, uh, in, in French? French? Well, yeah, I'm... Uh, this is whatever. Yeah, what, what do you right. love about Lord Voldemort? Uh, his, in, in the French version of the books, uh, his name is not... Uh, Tom Morvolo riddle because then it wouldn't anagram properly in French. Mm-hmm. So for it to be Je suis Lord Voldemort, his name is uh, Elvis Jedusor Riddle, which is the worst. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I definitely learned about Jedusors in my dinosaur phase. Jedusors, <laughs> yeah, they're cool. They're um they're herbivores, but they really mess up the plants good. <laughs> All right. Uh, also with us is, of course, a voice that you all know and love more as the dungeon master than me <laughs> as the fan mail. There's like one comment about that. Thank you, that person. The, there was not not just a comment about they that. They the called you the other guy. They called me the other guy. My name, because James hasn't bothered to is, get around to that, is that is is Cat right? Murphy. There we go. Uh, and the reason I haven't said it is because as soon as they know your name, they're gonna forget mine cat <laughs> uh, who are you playing this week i am playing uh henry jones jr uh dr henry jones jr to Known you all to the lay as... indiana. indiana yes jones. all right cat why i this is gonna take a lot this of sentences is, oh god this is um, a couple essays but why do you love yeah no, there, there are many reasons but if i really if i'm being objective it's because i saw it very young uh that's it was one of the first like super understood and understandable bonding moments of my dad and i he mm-hmm. showed me all star wars and all indiana jones uh in like a space of two weeks and it, it it changed everything. You know, that I, for the majority of my young life, wanted to be an action archaeologist uh, because... Uh, <laughs> when did you find out that job was not a thing? So, <laughs> so I found out I wasn't allowed to do that job pretty early because I am severely allergic to dust. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it took until high school for me to really realize that that wasn't an option and I was never going to get to punch a Nazi equivalent. Those those things don't happen anymore. We no longer steal artifacts no, from countries. No, that's not true. You could go to North, North Korea easily. Right, but, but, but are, they don't have anything there worth stealing. stealing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's just a thing that doesn't exist. So then I was like, oh, I'll be a professor. And then I got to college and realized I hated professors. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So instead, I'm just someone who cares a lot about pulps and action adventures and writes those things. I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't in all of your classes in college so i don't know if you did this do you, do you ever write on your eyelids i hate you oh, oh. <laughs> all the time <laughs> clearly i think when i'm a father the first adventure movie i'm going to show my children is the monuments men 
Because yeah. I really want to foster <laughs> it's, it's love an important film. of adventure. <laughs> foster yeah. love of John Goodman. Really <laughs> yeah, right. That that was Trisha Bobita. Trisha, welcome back to the show. This is your second role playing experience. I'm so excited to be back. Excellent. You're doing a nerd voice for us. Uh, <laughs> that was actually I just love. my voice. Was that really just your voice? Oh my gosh. Well, of course that her voice. pretty rude. Sounds like. <laughs> of course her voice sounds like a nerd voice. She is from the Nerdette podcast on WBEZ. If you don't listen to it, you should. Kat and I have been on and we talked about role playing for a solid 20 minutes. It's a great show. It's full of fun, interesting things that any nerdy person could get into, including they talk about competitive Scrabble. You guys, competitive Scrabble is a thing, and it's way more serious than you think it is. And competitive jigsaw puzzle. Putting togethering. That was nuts. That's yeah. the fact. That's crazy. so cool. They did a documentary about it, and like the competitors did not want to give away their secrets on camera, so they wouldn't let them film everything. That's What's, so cool. What could the secret? Pu- I do the puzzle, right? right. That's like the secret, it's right? like I gather the edges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the corners. Everyone knows that, right? We all know that move. <laughs> what if it, that is the move? Just some people are really good at it. <laughs> it's it's team puzzling, so it's. A about you know who's doing what and i'll tell you what their secret was we figured it out is if there's a section where the color is just like it's all white it's part of the sky it's all white you organize those pieces by shape you send someone off to their corner of the table and they organize those by shape and that's the team that won like leaps and bounds over all the others in the competition that's what they do so there's the secret of uh, only on one shot and the nerdette podcast (laughs) do you get the dark secrets of jigsawing uh trisha who are you playing the doctor the doctor who Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, that pun is going to happen a lot. Ugh. I challenge everybody here at the table has to make I that will pun. I will not. I just wanted um, to be the first. I know. This Who's is another first? thing. This is another thing that could fill volumes. But why do you love Doctor Who? I love Doctor Who because I like history and I like space. And it's a show that travels through time and space. So there can be dinosaurs on a spaceship. You can go back in time and meet Shakespeare and then help him beat an alien. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Um, Which also... aliens? <laughs> yes. The, and... <clears throat> the xenomorphs. Uh, he has not had to deal with xenomorphs. Oh, well, let's not interrupt Trisha. Well, she... oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she rarely gets the opportunity for somebody to invite her to nerd out about one of her favorite things, Alex. My sorry. co-host Greta always tries to tone down the Doctor Who love. <laughs> She's always toning that down a little bit. It's a very bit. abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but the Doctor, I think, is great because he's like many of our you know, superheroes, only uses violence when he absolutely has to. Most of the time, you know, hates guns, often swaps them out for with bananas, um, you know, has a sonic screwdriver that doesn't shoot lasers and hurt people. It just sort of gets him out of jams, <laughs> which I'll be using today, hopefully, to help get us out of some jams. Uh, and I'll be playing as the 10th, as the David Tennant version of the Doctor. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting distinction between uh, this superhero and American superheroes. They resort to violence instantly, instantly. but don't kill people. Yeah. But like... Punching is Batman's primary way to solve problems. <laughs> uh, let, let's actually move on to our final guest, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully soon to be a friend of the show, Brian Holden. <laughs> I'd love to be this show's friend. Yes. <laughs> Already the relationship is starting to work out well. Brian is from Team Star Kid. If you don't know Team Star Kid, uh, just Google a Very Potter musical or Twisted or any one of their other wonderful musicals. Uh, I think actually 
actually, especially considering uh, whom you're playing today, uh, they should check out uh, a holy musical Batman. Yeah, that's right. I'm playing uh, Bruce Wayne, who's a part of the Batman mythology. Uh, <laughs> obscure, ancillary aspect. Yeah. I like to go for the deep cuts and the, uh, the, 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 you know, the well, Batman was, mythos. He was the original Batman, yeah. so not everybody knows that. I pretty much, yeah, don't really. Anyone else who's like Batman, they're kind of just a placeholder, you know. <laughs> I go, you got it for a little while, and now you're done. Let me tell you why I like Batman. Yeah, please. Let's um, let's, dig, let's dig into this. I think that I like Batman. I was thinking about this in the you know four minutes since you asked us mm-hmm. the, what, the, that that four minute panic. Question. Yeah, I think that I like Batman because he sort of can encompass like every part of someone's personality because there are so many different versions of Batman, mm-hmm. and especially in sort of my time, like in adolescence and growing up uh, until now. There's been the animated series, mm-hmm. the um, original string of movies, which were kind of like dark at first with Tim Burton and then got silly. Uh, with Tim Burton yeah, as well yeah. later <laughs> on in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, it, he has qualities that I like uh, that you want to see in yourself. But also it's like I think that I really enjoy surprising people and like kind of testing to see how quietly I can, like, walk up behind someone. <laughs> Which, that is definitely a thing that Batman does. Like, he always leaves through the window when yeah. talking to Jim Gordon, and he does not need to he, sneak out. He doesn't say bye. Yeah. <laughs> and he's... But, yeah, and every every scene in the animated series is someone opening a door, and then it's just the white eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. That's kind of fun and cool, but it's kind of creepy, too. So I also <laughs> feel like I take silliness from, like, um, Batman Brave and the Bold and also the six Batman uh, uh, thing. I think that that has had a profound Im- impact on me. So I just feel like Batman is a character that there is some version of Batman for everyone out there. Like, and even though the his villains are the Joker, the Penguin, Catwoman, you know, mm-hmm. they can be treated very seriously or very uh, goofily. Very cool. Well, since there's a lot of love in this room, especially for the characters we're playing, let's get started. Cool. So it is evening in 1943. You are all in Gotham City at a fundraising event uh, for war bonds, um, and it is being held at the Gotham Museum of Natural History. It's an auction event where they have invited billionaires and, well, there's only a couple billionaires, but millionaires uh, from all over the allied countries to Gotham City to auction off uh, for rental some of the priceless artifacts that are housed within the Gotham Museum of Natural History, uh, the Gotham Art Museum, and a couple of colleges and universities that have interesting pieces as well. Uh, The University of Chicago has donated some of its artifacts to this effort, as well as Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, in partnership with the Wayne Foundation, has managed to uh, donate some artifacts as well. And for one reason or another, every person sitting here has found their way there. Except, of course, the good doctor. Uh, We cut to five minutes earlier where the doctor is running around the center of the TARDIS, banging on various uh, (laughs) tubes and, like, shouting and, you know, pulling wires. Nothing's working, and all of a sudden you come to a screaming... I'm just going to edit in the sound effect. (laughs) Like, and you pop out of a closet 
at the Gotham Museum of Natural History, uh, and there are people everywhere, you know, wearing black tie. So I'll let you do with that what you will. Uh, first person up that we're going to uh, join is James Bond. And James, why don't you, for the audience, state what your mission is? Uh, my mission uh, here in uh, the Arkham Museum uh, is I'm here to stake out and find there's a supernatural wing of the Nazi War Research Division called Hydra. Yeah, Hydra. And uh, we've got some intel on them being uh, in Gotham. So I'm uh, here to find Hydra. So what what are you what are you doing right now? I'm obviously by the bar. Okay. Uh, I have ordered my signature martini, mm -hmm. shaken, not stirred. Uh, I am drinking it and I'm surveying the room. Uh, I'm I'm wearing a white tuxedo with a black tie. Uh, it's a little bit audacious. Mm -hmm. uh, it stands out a little bit for a black tie event. Uh, and I'm also wearing a navy diver watch with a NATO strap. Uh, oh, can it glow in the dark? <laughs> it does glow in the dark. I bet it's waterproof. <laughs> it um, why don't you roll a spot hidden? Spot hidden. Uh, 57. All right. Compare that to the number on your character sheet. As this 50 is percent. All right. So you don't notice everything in the room. There, there are a lot of people milling about. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, but you are distracted because at the end of the bar, uh, there is an incredibly gorgeous woman who yeah. appears to be trying to get your attention. Hello there. You walk up to her. Mm -hmm. She is in a little black dress. She has long white gloves and she's smoking a cigarette that's in a long cigarette holder. She mm -hmm. has a, a, a short pixie cut of black hair. Well, hello there. What's your name, sugar? Selena. Selena. The name's Bond. James Bond. She offers her hand to you. I don't take it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, she she raises she raises an eyebrow and then uh, gets a slight smirk. What do you say you buy me a drink, Mr. Bond? What's your poison, Ms. Kyle? I didn't say my last name, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you absolutely know who she is because mm -hmm. you have researched this area thoroughly. Mm -hmm. uh, James Bond, you're not the best spy. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't reached double O status yet. So there are still mm -hmm. rookie mistakes that you're you know, giving out. Oh, I said my actual real name. <laughs> Damn it. Um, and, oh man, I revealed that I knew something about this woman. <laughs> Shit. I, I mean, Selena. <laughs> Selena, last name unknown. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to let you stumble through that interaction for a bit. Uh, <laughs> across the room in a dark corner is a pale man, um, a young man, uh, about age... 20, I, uh, 25. Uh, it says Which 25 I think on it the should sheet. be younger. Yeah, it should be younger than that. It says 25 on the sheet because that's how many points you need to make Voldemort, you guys. Uh, Call of Cthulhu actually ties education to be... Like, education and intelligence are the two most important stats in this system. Mm -hmm. And it does not let you have max education if you're younger than 25. That's because, horrible. It's like renting a car. It assumes that you have a graduate degree. <laughs> 
Um, and that you can rent a car. <laughs> and that you can rent a car. Uh, so you're, you're, I think you're either, I think you're at this point 18 or 19. Somewhere around there. Because like, it's, it's about a year out of Hogwarts. Uh, why don't you tell us what you're doing? Well, I'm a bad dude. Uh, <laughs> if, if Spoiler alert. Voldemort's a bad dude. And I've heard that there's some supernatural stuff that's going to be here tonight. And uh, I'm looking to make some uh, horcruxes with some of Salazar Slytherin's possessions. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, some of the supernatural things that will be here tonight might help me find those. Excellent. But you are a person without any money whatsoever. That's correct. So you need to find one of these, uh, you know, hapless yokels here to bankroll you for this evening. That shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> so uh, why don't you make a spot hidden and assess the marks around the room? Uh, 52, and uh, that's spot hidden is 60 for me. So Excellent. So that is a success. Um, so you have a couple different options. Uh at one part of the room, uh, there is a loud, raucous drunk who is literally just put a lampshade on his head and done that classic drunk bit. Um, you recognize him from your research into, you know, muggle socialite statuses in the United States. That is Howard Stark. He is a billionaire industrialist from New York, um, and he is known for getting drunk very, very easily and having lots and lots of money. He's a great option for you to, uh, you know, sort of strong arm into getting your way with. On the other side of the room, uh, in front of dozens of cameras, is a bald man with a powerful build. His booming voice reaches out across the room and fills every corner. It's Lex Luthor. Um, he is from Metropolis, and he is also a another billionaire industrialist. Uh, he has been competing with Stark for a lot of different military contracts. Uh, he's another person who you think you might be able to tempt him or do something to manipulate him. Uh, there's also Bruce Wayne, who is surrounded um, by many, many women uh, with a couple cameras flitting around the edges of what he's doing. And finally, there is a blonde man who's attended by a couple other interesting-looking men. He has bronze skin and pale blonde hair similar to your own. You recognize him as Dr. Clark Savage. He is a... He's known as an adventurer, and he also has quite a bit of wealth, not quite as wealthy as your Lex Luthor's or Bruce Wayne's or Howard Stark's, but he's incredibly well-connected and a very respected member of the Muggle community. So there are your potential marks, or you can grab some other rube. Uh, I'm going to go up to the Stark fellow. So you approach the Stark fellow who is in the middle of some great bits. Uh, There... (laughs) Uh, there are a lot, a lot of people just around, like uh, from all different creeds and nations, laughing at him. And I said, and I said to him, "That's not a car. That's my wife." And everybody's like, <laughs> "Quiet, quiet, quiet, quiet." That's a funny joke. <laughs> and as like as you sort of walk up, it kills all of the humor and levity of that moment. And everybody just sort of stares. What, what's, what's your name, kid? Tom. You looking for an autograph? No, that won't be necessary. 
Oh, okay. Great. Uh, and so, some of the other people excuse him. Well, I'm seeing that you're involved in blah, blah, blah. And Stark is like, and the, the ladies two are like, see you later, Howard. And he's like, oh, come on, creepy kid. Uh, so what, what can I do for you, sport? It's not so much what you can do for me, but what I can make you do for me. Well, that's ominous. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? What are you here for tonight? Oh, you know, support the troops. Uh, obviously, the Stark Corporation uh, really wants to see, you know, more war bonds be sold. We have to help the allies against the Axis powers. It's just the right thing to do. That sounds wonderful. I would love to help you make that a reality. What do you What do you do, kid? Oh, I mean, to be invited to this event, you got to be somebody special. Are you an inventor? You could say that. All right. And we're going to leave it on that tone as we go to a person who looks a little bit uneasy at a black tie event. Yeah, that's uh, he clearly bought this tuxedo once because he had to. Uh, so the style is a few, a few <laughs> years old, but the classic. There's not much you can. It, it's a tuxedo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the person at the door is like, all right, that is technically a tuxedo. A tuxedo. <laughs> uh, it's a little little older than everyone watching this movie is a little use, is used to seeing. <laughs> um, uh, Dr. Jones looks around the room from the uh, buffet. Who does he know? All right. Why don't you roll your spot hidden? Uh, no, fail. Okay. By 13. So the the only people that stand out to you are people that uh, who who you've encountered before in your journeys, and one of them actually quite recently. You look over, cozying up to some billionaire industrialist is Tom Riddle, somebody who had you've encountered more than once on your journeys. Right. He's a troublesome young fellow, uh, very smart uh, and apparently very skilled. He's been in more than one life-threatening situation and uh, gotten out fine. You've usually been questing after the same artifacts, and ah. you always manage to beat them to it. So we haven't been working it. together in the past. Uh, sort of. You okay. have worked together up until the point where he's tried to betray you and failed miserably uh, because uh, he's I, new at this. Right. I, and my things need to go into museums. Mm -hmm, exactly. You recognize him, and there's another gentleman uh, across the room who has a darker following of people around him. Uh, you see a man who appears to be, I'm going to say, in his early 60s. He's got graying temple, temples and dark skin. He looks to be of Middle Eastern descent, and you recognize him as Raish. He is somewhat of a warlord in the Middle Eastern region. Um, he has his fingers into all sorts of different political maneuverings. Generally, when you're in the Middle East, uh, you encounter Raish or Raish's people who are on Raish's payroll. You've only had to fight him once. And he's one of those villains that you've encountered whom you know has a grudging respect for you. He calls you the professor. Yes, he does. Uh, has he not been sending me letters recently? No, that you you received a letter from Dr. Henry Armitage at Miskatonic University. Yes, I did. That's why I'm here today. Mm -hmm. 
neither of those are people I particularly want to talk to. So I'm going to like go yeesh and dip back into the into the shrimp. And now we join the doctor. Um, You have you you saw that you were at a black tie event. How did you react to that? Well, I'm excited about this because it means that I'm probably here on a Saturday. I prefer Saturdays to Tuesdays. More exciting things happen, I find, if you look overall at the universe. (laughs) This is indeed a Saturday. So, and uh, you know, usually when there's this much fanciness afoot there's less interesting things happening because i find that the average person has more adventure like lurking around the corner than a, a, you know a place like this where there's maybe a lot of security involved mm-hmm. there's been a background check to get in the room but there's probably still a few characters i'd like to explore oh definitely like looking around the room you do see uh, plenty of different historical figures from you know earth's history no world leaders uh but right, my know, buddy winston churchill not here uh no old no friend. old friend he's definitely an old friend of yours <laughs> and he is not he's not here at the moment uh you know it, it's mostly uh famous senators people who like in a couple of years from now will become bigger world players but this is not their time to shine you recognize uh some people some like crazy villains from all sorts but you you recognize some heroes too you also recognize doc savage uh you know he's an interesting fellow you've never gotten to interact with him before what do you do uh, i should roll right to see who else is here yeah yeah right. 39 my spot hidden is a 25 all right. So you are like scanning around the room and oh, that's interesting. Uh two people in your your scan with sonic screwdriver. You always give it a once over just in case. Um want to make for alien tech just Egg- seeing what I'm up against. Exactly. Uh there are two people in this room. Their physiology does not match that of a normal human and one person matches that of a normal human but has an odd energy signature. Uh, the two gentlemen are the Raish fellow that I described earlier and a man who is standing right next to him, uh, who has very pale white skin. I want you to make a spot hidden roll for him. 23. As he talks to Raish and like moves his neck around, do you just notice the way his skin folds, the way he blinks, the way his mouth moves? There's something unnatural about it. Um, it's creepy and off and false. Uh, looking at the sonic screwdriver, though, he does appear to be human, just his vitals are different. Um, it's hard for you to quantify at this point. And the person emitting the weird energy signature is uh, standing over by Howard Stark. Uh, he appears to be a pale, blonde young gentleman. I think I'm going to head in that direction. I'll have my psychic paper handy just in case anyone wants to swap business cards. I don't carry business cards. Psychic paper usually gets me through any of these situations. So I uh, show Howard Stark my psychic paper. He thinks we're old friends immediately so that I can sort of get into this conversation and really pay attention to. Oh, yeah. I recognize you. You're uh, from the Wayne Corporation, right? Uh, you work in such and such division. Uh, meet. Uh, oh, didn't catch your name, kiddo. Tom. Meet Tom. He's uh, some sort of an inventor here. Uh, great talent pool here in Gotham. Lovely to meet you, Tom. And we'll cut away from that scene for the time being as we can. Can I, can I ask a quick question? Yes. So you said New York exists. Mm-hmm. Gotham exists in this world too, yes. as does Metropolis. 
all those three things are supposed to be in New York State. So how? What? What's the layout? Uh, America is the most powerful industrial <laughs> country ever to exist. Does it have three giant cities in New York, or have you split out this where is, those? You know, I I think actually this is one circumstance where I will allow a Metropolis to be in another state. Okay, but Gotham and New York are definitely <laughs> in, New York. in New York. Cool. And let's let's cut over to Bruce Wayne. Um, you are attended by many ladies. Uh, there is a room full of enemies and friends. What are you doing? I'm waiting to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> There's crime afoot out there somewhere. I know it. <laughs> I know it's out there waiting for me, but I have to be here. Alfred said so. And sometimes Alfred is in charge. <laughs> this is an event that Alfred spearheaded. The war is obviously deeply meaningful to him. Uh, right now, London looks like it is in the crosshairs for Axis attack. Um, the more the more money that is flowing into the American industrial machine, the more likely that the allies will come out of this one okay. Um so wh why don't you make a spot hidden just for folks around the room? Yeah. 91. It is hard mm. for you no. to get a good read on the room. Uh, there are so many annoying people around you right now. And suddenly cutting through the gaggle of women who are trying to become the new Mrs. Bruce Wayne, there you hear a booming voice. Bruce Wayne, okay. as I live and breathe. Lex Luthor! He <laughs> reaches his hand out towards you and smiles at cameras waiting mm -hmm. for you to shake his hand. What, how do you react? What do you do? Hands in pockets, I say, Lex, it hasn't been long enough. <laughs> Always such a kidder, Mr. Wayne. I actually came here because I have a business proposition for you and the rest of Wayne Corp. We are working on a new form of mustard gas, and we could really use Wayne Tech compression technology to distribute it. That'll really show those Axis bastards what we mean. Ha 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 ha. As you know, Lex, I don't approve of any Wayne Corporation money going towards weapons that could possibly harm other people. Well, I think you'll have to tell the rest of your contractors who are building those tanks that, Mr. Wayne, you really should watch over Daddy's business more carefully. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Well, I can see that I am not welcome here. That is a shame, Mr. Wayne. Good luck in the auction. Thanks. Stony and cold. Uh, let's let's return to James Bond. So anyway, it was just a big mistake. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, I I don't really know your your name. No, you're just a remarkable guesser. That's mm -hmm. so interesting. Uh, That's right. What do you do? Bond was it? You said. Mm-hmm. I sell bonds. <laughs> Well, that's for the war. Fortunate. Mm -hmm. That's right. I sell bonds for the war effort. Uh, and what, I'm just here to sell some bonds. What, what corporation do you represent? Uh, that would be M16. <laughs> You're sweating a lot, Mister Bond. <laughs> it's this tie. It's a little tight. 
It's all right. Let me loosen it for you. And oh. she, she reaches up and she loosens and straightens your bow tie a little bit. There, that's better. I should uh, uh, <laughs> make a spot hidden roll. Oh sure. What did what did she just steal? <laughs> fifty three versus uh, fifty. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to go to the powder room to freshen up. But don't move a muscle. She taps you on the nose as she swaggers away. You hate to see her go, but oh man. She looks good when she goes away. She looks good when she goes away. That's how that's phrased. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That old old chestnut. That old chestnut. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my eyes on Bruce Wayne, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to go approach Bruce Wayne. Go for it. I'm approaching Bruce Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Target locked. (laughs) Prepare to initiate role play. (laughs) Wait, I'm sensing that someone's approaching. (laughs) I have now approached. (laughs) I have finished my approach. I have arrived. Are you clear for a landing? (laughs) Mr. Wayne. Bond. James Bond. Hands in pockets, I say. (laughs) It's been too long, Mr. Bond. I mean, it hasn't been long enough. (laughs) And Bruce, you realize, well, that line works great for some people. Not as great for other people. I gotta get out of here. I I don't recall ever meeting. No, we haven't. But I've had my press secretary draw up papers on everyone attending the party tonight. Oh, I uh, kind of reach <laughs> reach my hand into my tie that's been loosened a little bit. As, you, start, as you pull your hand up near your face, you notice your watch is gone. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, no. Wait, I don't I think didn't... Batman swears. <laughs> I Batman doesn't kill. No, this he, is early he, Batman. He, he, does swear. Yeah, okay. he just stopped using Bruce. guns yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, Bruce. I didn't mean you. I just uh, misplaced my watch. <laughs> you saw that he was talking to Selena Kyle earlier. Hmm. Maybe you should check the ladies' room. As a gentleman, I always check the ladies' room <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> I love that all of his lines have been off by like a quarter inch. Like <laughs> it's the shape of what will come one day, but it's not there yet. <laughs> What do you want? (laughs) I'd like to know, have you done any business dealings with Hydra? Hydra? Hydra. Hydra. Who? (laughs) No. No, I've not done any business dealings with Hydra, though I've heard of them. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was an interesting uh, pip for you, uh, Bruce. That that's that's a name that would not come up in casual conversations with mm-hmm. any you know regular mm-hmm. industrialist. Uh, Hydra is someone that you've sort of had your eye on. Should they ever come to America, it's a rumored to exist, and therefore you know with absolute certainty that it does exist. Uh, research division of the uh, Nazi war machine that. 
chases after supernatural goodies and tries to use, you know, forbidden technologies, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like bad Torchwood? Uh, real bad Torchwood. Yeah. Uh, because it's not British people doing it. <laughs> I'm with the American War Bonds office. <laughs> As you can tell by my As American accent. My American. And we've heard uh, that maybe some of our war bonds might be per- might have been purchased by Hydra. If that's the case, it really has nothing to do with me. Please excuse me. <laughs> All right, let's move let's move back to uh, Mr. Riddle. Uh, when the doctor does things, Mm -hmm. do I, do I know, can I tell in any way that it's strange? So it looks like, so you make, make your spot hidden roll. Let's see if you even notice. Because the doctor is not subtle about a lot of the things that he does. So what you do see is, uh, he's walked around you with a metal stick. It's sort of like what most muggles use as a pen. Uh, you know, ballpoint pens are a thing. You're not impressed by that technology. Why not just use a quill from a bird? <laughs> um, but, you know, he's, use- he's using this object that's a lot like a wand. But you've never seen a metal wand before. So you're suspicious. You've also never met an American wizard before. So you don't really know how it's done over here, per se. Where did you purchase that? Oh, this is just my screwdriver. Keep it handy in case anything goes awry. You've heard of screwdrivers. You're not impressed by that either. Um, but that's definitely not a screwdriver. Can I can I try to use uh, legitimacy? Absolutely. Okay. Well, how would I roll that? Uh, that would be a magic roll. I did not do it. <laughs> so you try. What what you're fighting against right now is this is not a place where you can just whip out a wand. You're trying to subtly, you know, aim the energy of this thing sure. in, in a direction without, you know, light jutting out of mm-hmm. it, without saying words. Well, I can cast nonverbal spells. Yeah, I you can cast, cast nonverbal spells. Okay. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to okay. demean you. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, it's there's there's a lot of subtlety in making magic completely non-visible. Um, and if this were you know a situation where you could, where you had an excuse to have you know light shooting out of your fingers, it would be fine. But it's not. Sure. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm certainly not. Wayne Industries, you say? Oh uh, yeah, you know, in the gadget division, bits and bobs. I hear you're an inventor? Yes, yes, you could say that. What are you working on these days? Nothing important for you or anyone here. It's more of a pet project. I thought you said you were going to help me sell war bonds or something like that. Says Howard Stark, who's now confused and disappointed. <laughs> he's a, he's pretty buzzed. The, you chased all the girls away, so this is not the evening that he envisioned himself having. I want to use the Imperious Curse on him. Absolutely. Can, can I get can I get some sort of plus to that because he's drunk? Yes, uh, his resistance is going to be easier to overcome. Okay. It's just a matter right now that you're rolling for. Can you do it without anyone noticing? Gotcha. I better be able to. No. Nope. So you cast Imperius, um, and 
like you you force it to be invisible which is takes a great deal of concentration and it really depends on howard stark not moving and he stumbles a little bit like he you know he stumbles forward a little bit and uh the spell goes right past him and it hits lex luthor on the other side of the room uh okay i want him i'm just gonna make him leave i don't want competition Interesting. So Lex Luthor is like, everyone, I am not feeling well. (laughs) Was interested in certain items in this auction, just not going to pan out for me tonight. I'm going home in my horseless carriage (laughs) that you muggles call a car. Nothing out of the ordinary here. Nailed it. No one suspects a thing. What's a muggle? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Boy, these socialites sure are interesting, aren't they? That is way too smug. That is suspiciously smug, Doctor. And I'm guessing, you can tell me if it's not the case, but I'm guessing that magic would have some sort of energy signature when Absolutely. That would cause me to think, if not alien tech, something is wrong. Well, the sonic screwdriver notices that uh, the the odd energy signatures that have been thrown off this young man are sort of activated when you see that like when the wand is used so you you didn't like he, he subtly sort of tried to hide doing something but you noticed like a flick of his hand um that was you know carefully concealed at his side um so and, and you notice a spike then so there's something odd happening there uh, let's move the good dr jones uh so i would like to i would like to try to find bruce wayne yeah, uh, it's uh, it's not too hard after scanning around the room a little bit. You see a sweaty Scotsman standing next to <laughs> an uncomfortable looking young man. Does he look does he look weirdly familiar? The said sweaty Scotsman. The, he does. Yeah, he looks like you, you feel like you feel a sinking feeling in your chest for a second. Feel slightly younger than I am. Yeah, like and then and then you then you look at him and go, OK, well, he's not he's younger so yeah he's couldn't be that could, would be maybe he's like a cousin or something <laughs> <laughs> um uh so i'm going to have a sip of of my my scotch mm. and uh walk up and uh give a little wave trying to not hugely interrupt their conversation mm-hmm. and be a jerk all right yeah so you walk up to their conversation which is we we return to <clears throat> So, so anyway, uh, it was a big mistake. I'm sorry. Listen, I keep I trying to tell you, Selena Kyle has your watch. Catwoman has your watch. Just leave me alone. Catwoman. Yes. You know what? Forget it. Ah, Dr. Jones. You know Thank who God. I am, Mr. Wayne. Uh, I, w- I was hoping to speak with you. I've read much of your work. Very very interesting. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Um, could I, could I have a moment of your time? Absolutely. W- would you excuse us? Say uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> that was the most Sean Connery affirmation I've ever heard in my, head, in my life. Now that he's gone, I... Positively. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Wayne. Um, so this auction tonight, uh, I... I was contacted recently by a Professor Armitage of Miskatonic University, and I believe the majority of books and artifacts are coming from the university tonight. Uh, they seem to be bankrolled by your industry, and I don't know how much you know about this auction in particular, but not all of the books were approved, and uh, there's a particular item that shouldn't be going up to auction, and I don't know who on your side I can speak to about getting that pulled before the auction begins. And as you begin this conversation, a uh, a young lady uh, who, who appears to be about your age, Bruce, um, she's got dark hair, she is wearing a purple skirt, and, uh, you know, like tailored jacket she has a pad of paper in her hand oh god no and a pencil (laughs) stuck in her ear bruce wayne nice to see you lois lane reporter for the daily planet oh and dr jones miss lane welcome welcome how are you enjoying gotham i didn't care that much anyway mr wayne if you wouldn't mind i'd love to ask you some questions about this auction tonight um of course, Lois. Uh, Dr. Jones. I'll be around. Oh, no, 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 no. I want you here for this. Um, you are supporting uh, the, the troops with by selling war bonds. You know, wh- wh- Was this your idea, this auction? Yes. I think it's very important to support the troops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you feel about <laughs> auctioning off the world's cultural artifacts to private dealers? Uh, don't you feel that does a disservice to not just uh, the citizens of the United States who were enjoying these items in the museum, but the citizens of the Earth that they are no longer able to view these publicly? Well, we're auctioning these off to try and raise money for the war effort. Mm-hmm. The war effort... And the money goes towards bettering the world, goes towards stopping this horrific violence. And Dr. Jones, I have to admit, I'm surprised to see you here as you are an avid uh, defender of museums and the right to publicly view artifacts. Don't you have anything to say to Mr. Wayne about this? Lois, I'm here because sometimes you have to obtain artifacts before you can display them in museums. That's the way it's been done for a long time. And so once they become display items from museums, you then auction them off to... These were coming from a public or from a collection of a, a university. Not university exactly. which maintained a public museum, Mr. Jones. So I am Doctor, here... Doctor, I'm sorry. On the behalf of... Uh, hold up. What's the name of our... Of our the University History. of Chicago. No, well, yeah, of the, the University of Chicago. But they, they give stuff to whatchamacallit, uh, the the what museum? The really cool... The field? The field, thank field. you. I'm here on the behalf of the Field Museum, just trying to get some things back. All right, I think you guys have given me more than enough for my article. I thank you both sincerely. Anytime, if you have any further questions, please feel free to give Alfred a call and... <laughs> He'll You're barking you up, up the wrong the tree, Bruce. Penta. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's vicious. <sighs> and elusive. <laughs> so what is the... What's the object? Uh, what's the, what are the... Art- 
It seems to be uh, number 0616 on the registry. Mm. Uh, to be completely honest, I'm not exactly certain what, what it is. I could tell you more upon seeing the item. I wish I were more familiar with the items myself. Uh, I certainly don't know offhand what what that item might be. What's the matter, detective? You don't keep a close watch on your own personal affairs? The Middle Eastern gentleman approaches both of you. Ah, I see you're talking to the professor. What a good pair you two make. Well, I don't know why, especially since I'm not a detective. I'm merely a playboy (laughs) billionaire industrialist. You really need to work on your cover story, detective. Play along, (laughs) Rach. There's no need for masks here, Mr. Wayne. Can I make a... just does not sound right. I'm sorry. <laughs> can, can I make a subtext roll? Mm-hmm. Well, what, what would that be? I mean, I, I've heard uh, of That things, would be but... psychoanalysis, actually, and this system is the sense motive roll. Yeah, cool. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Well, no, I did not roll one. People lie to Indiana Jones all the time. Yeah. Um, you, you, like, you can tell that these two have some sort of a weird history together, which, you know, I guess is kind of a relief because you have some sort of a weird history with this fellow, too. Yep. yep. I would like to introduce you both to my associate. Um, this is Dr. Faust. He is a recent expatriate from Germany. I believe you've managed to scrounge together many of those for your factories mr wayne just does not sound right i don't like it i do not like it the the man next to him extends like a very automatic gesture as he holds his hand out to you Mm -hmm. um and you if you do you shake his hand this is the one hand that I do shake because I'm so curious as to his odd movements. Yeah, so you shake his hand and you notice he has a vice grip. And, you know, you're no slouch, mm-hmm. but this guy, like, he feels like he could crush diamonds in his hand. He's mm-hmm. very, very strong. Quite a grip, Dr. Faust. It seems like you could... Crushed Thank diamonds you. in your hand. <laughs> You're very, very strong. This must be the American sense of humor that I have heard so much about. Yes, thank you. I'm often lauded for how funny I am. <laughs> this auction is very interesting. I must admit I am interested in a few items on the ticket myself. Well, then maybe we should get the bidding underway. What do you say? Oh, I would love that, anything Mr. In, Wayne. Anything in particular you're looking for? Oh, this and that. I am a collector of rare books. Mm. Well, best of luck to you. And you as well, my American friend. Can you I as well? Can I roll a spot hidden? Yep. Spot hidden to 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 have eavesdropped. Yeah, absolutely. You're behind a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the role. <laughs> That's true. Uh, seven. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 17. Uh, you're actually you're remembering your training well. Uh, you've managed to uh, strike up a conversation uh, with, with a young woman. Um, and like it's a sort of conversation that you can easily tune yourself out of mm-hmm. while you listen to this other conversation that's happening. That is a German accent. 
it is important for you to keep track of Germans anyway, because like you are supposed to be looking for you know members of the Nazi party in this room. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, it's good to keep tabs on what scientists are going over to the American side of things. Like Britain needs Britain needs some love too, man. That's right. Not everybody can make their own super bomb. <laughs> This guy instantly pings on your radar as very suspicious. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over and I'm going to watch the bidding. Okay, yeah. Well, the the bidding, like, there, there's an, an announcement. Uh, somebody, you know, takes a glass. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you will all uh, please uh, adjourn to the, the bidding hall. We have many fabulous artifacts that we are auctioning off this evening. Um... And they, they sort of uh, filter everybody in, and the auction begins. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of items for sale. I don't know if any of you have ever been to an auction, uh, but if it's not the lot that you specifically care about, auctions are boring and pointless. They chart out a, like a lot of different, you know, art pieces and artifacts that you know, Doctor, you might find interesting, just as neat pieces of that human history. Yeah, it's some cool stuff, um, but nothing really interesting. Uh, you do take note, um, uh, actually, Bruce. Why, why don't you roll us a check? Okay. Uh, spot hidden. Fifty-two out of eighty. Out of eighty. So you definitely notice. Um, in the auction, uh, you, you see uh, Selena Kyle, who uh, has a brand new watch that she's wearing. <laughs> it looks to be way too big for her, um, and she's sort of lavishing in that. But as one of the items goes up, it is a uh, statuette um, that is from the Gotham Museum of Natural History. It is a bust of Bast, uh, which is an Egyptian goddess, um, and she bids on that. If there's no intervention whatsoever, the auction continues as normal. All can, right. can we all make spot hiddens on it? I mean, you can. Or is... What, what, what are you looking Basically, for? Basically, uh, I imagine uh, Dr. Jones is pretty interested in these types of auctions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so all of the things that go by, he's scanning for, like, date, importance, uh, relevance. This is an incredibly old artifact. This is something that was taken from, you know, by some tomb raider uh that you know went went through egypt uh, a couple dozen years ago it was back before they really kept track when museums were just buying these goods wholesale right um i recognize her as an old friend absolutely yeah a bust of an old friend like a likeness of a Mm -hmm. that's sweet um so yeah that like you like you know you notice that this is this is probably pretty important. It's not something that you personally have been able to study, but any Egyptologist would be interested in this piece simply because of the age that it obviously has and the intricacy of the stonework. Okay, cool. The evening continues a little bit longer. There is a jade statuette that pointedly receives no bids because the person who would have been interested in it is now no longer at the auction. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wait a sec I'll take it <laughs> just in case <laughs> the, like, so the evening rolls on until and now announcing item 616 a full Latin translation of the Necronomicon 
of Abdul Alhazred. Uh, this is a book that has seen many different translations. This particular copy is complete. Uh, many copies have been damaged um, uh, due to various uh, improper conditions which, way they, which they were held in. But we can assure you uh, this is the authentic article, a Necronomicon any school library um, point like pointedly looks at Jones waggles his eyebrows like any school library would be happy to have this piece both Oxford and Harvard have complete translations this is the Miskatonic copy which as some f- people in this room know had a bit of a uh, tumultuous history a madman in the area tried to steal it (laughs) so obviously a contentious item hopefully it will inspire some bids and bidding begins Uh, we'll we'll begin the bidding at at uh five thousand can i try the imperious curse again yes absolutely good golly (laughs) you're on the nose all right, you got it. Who are you going for? This will, this will, not not him. Yeah, you uh, Stark. Stark. Okay. Yeah, Stark. <laughs> Bond does not have the same amount of money. <laughs> He's Bond. He sells war bonds. Yeah. So you manage you you man- manage to sit right behind Stark. You sort of had to defend the seat from people like, "Hey, I'm one fifty one. That's my seat." <laughs> 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 hey, he's stealing seats. Where are the order? Where? Somebody get over here. Okay. <laughs> we'll just sit in the back, I guess. I wanted to see all the old stuff. Can I... Uh- I kill him. <laughs> <laughs> He's super dead. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, you you just you sort of uh, avada kavada, and you like stuff him under the seats. They'll discover him later. Um, <laughs> so now I really know. <laughs> yeah, you definitely like. There's a there's like a. Even as much as you're trying to suppress it, there's a tiny flash of green light as well as a spike of energy, and there's the person who's dead. Like, dead now. Hey guys, we're taking a quick mid-episode break here on this extra-long episode of One Shot to tell you that between now and Gen Con, we will be celebrating role-playing by featuring a long list of new and indie systems, and we'll be kicking things off with Lasers and Feelings next week. You can look forward to indie gems like D10 slash O, One Last Job, Keith Baker's Phoenix, Singularity, Time Watch, and many more. Be sure to follow OneShot on Twitter to learn what's coming up on the schedule. But for now, let's get back to the show. And if we start the bidding at 5,000, do I have 5,000? 5,000. And, you know, Howard Stark's hand goes up, the paddle goes up, everybody everybody claps. 5,000, that's great, that's great. Um, all right, 5,000 over there from the generous Mr. Stark. Uh, do I hear 550? 550. Five- <laughs> Stark raises his hand again. Uh, very, and, and there's like a little bit of laughter and more applause. It's like, oh, the very generous Mr. Stark, who obviously cares more about the war than he does about how auctions are supposed to work. <laughs> Do we hear six? Six thousand. 
Because if he's interested in this, then I want to know why. Mm-hmm. And I don't really deal with human money, so it's not a problem. Like, so, yeah, I you've just, got psychic paper. You yeah, can... it's fine. 10,000. Uh, the, the room, like, there's a little bit of a murmur and <gasps> I a pause. I try to make eye contact with with Bruce. Good old Bruce. He's like, oh, of the very generous Dr. Jones of Chicago University with 10,000. 10,000. And like some, some of the ladies around are like, oh my goodness, he's so handsome and he has money? Jeez, we don't need to waste our time with broody pants Mr. Broody face over there. Do we hear do we hear 11? 11,000. 11,000. And Stark's hand goes up again. <laughs> 11,000 for Mr. Stark, who clearly does care about this book. $20,000 for the book. And, you know, uproarious applause uh, at, at Bruce Wayne. Stepping in his own auction, young Bruce Wayne bidding 20. Do I hear 21? And I would say hearing him say that is mm-hmm. the first time I finally spot him in the room. Mm-hmm. And we have met before. We do know each other. So yeah, I'm glad that he's handling whatever the situation is and also is aware that something is up. Mm-hmm. You've met before in the future. He doesn't know that uh, you've met before. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. Let's <laughs> so, see. You've, you've, in fact, you recognize all of these people, um, but you've only met them in the future. And so Bruce Wayne makes eye contact with the doctor notices that he wasn't on the press packet he received. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And he's also, the reason he bid the 20000 is because he's very suspicious of Tom Riddle, who's sitting directly behind Howard Stark <laughs> with huge eyes <laughs> staring into the back of his head. <laughs> and he... Uh, he winks at uh, at Dr. Jones. 21, 21 going once. And then uh, um, the the man with weird skin, Dr. Faust, stands up. 21,000 American dollars. And the, there's like less applause. This creepy <laughs> dude stands up. Oh, come on. <laughs> 21,000 from the man who terrifies everyone. <laughs> Are are any of the people bidding? Are any of the other people bidding close to me? Um, make a spot hidden. So you like you have a pretty good read on social situations. Generally, you have been able to tell you know who's interested in which items this entire evening. Um, there are a couple like pretty much everybody in this room who appears to have any sort of vested interest in this object has bid except for the blonde gentleman uh, who's near who's like near the front row attended by uh, who you know as Doc Savage. He appears to be looking at the book very intently and one of his uh, companions is whispering something to him. We are at $22,000 going once. 22 thousand pounds <laughs> <laughs> the room like the room it like the room has erupts, to some back of the envelope like, like, mad because they're not sure if that's moral starts to start to chuckle i think I'm, in the year 1940 the american economy is doing better <laughs> it's hard to do much better than the british economy oh, I, I actually i actually think dollars are worth more in this set like i i don't know but we were one of, like it was the u.s and germany were the first to really emerge from the global depressions but i don't i'm not 100 percent on that so let's go with that pounds are still worth like a dollar 75 everybody in the room oh. laughs uh there are like 
like even Selena, Selena Kyle looks over at you with newfound respect for how funny and clever you are because you were just swinging nothing earlier this evening. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we'll work out the conversion. Do I hear? Uh, 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 like uh, w- w- going once to the British gentleman, and then uh, the again Faust stands up thirty thousand dollars. American. <laughs> okay, before uh, before you close the bid, I go over to Dr. Jones and I say, how important is it that we get that book? Very important. You have 20000 at your disposal. Great. $50,000 in American currency. <laughs> <laughs> And like the like the room is like now excitedly chattering. Very, very generous bidders here at the auction this evening. Fifty thousand dollars from Bruce Wayne. One hundred thousand filthy paper dollars. Howard Stark says it. One hundred thousand filthy paper dollars. He's drunk. He obviously he shouldn't be bidding. Well, he can't afford it, so <laughs> we're gonna hold him to that. One hundred thousand going once. Uh, like you, you now see Faust turning to uh Raish, like who is just like shouting at him. Uh, you know his arms are moving back and forth. It's like one of those film reels of Hitler. <laughs> He's just very excited and angry. And Raish, Raish sort of waves him off. $200,000. Raish is one of those creepy bidders. Uh, <laughs> and the room goes silent again. $200,000. An unprecedented amount. Clearly, we have a lot of people in this room who are dedicated to an allied victory. Going once. So now the two of them are together and twice talking, right and i've settled yeah. up to mm. them they mm. don't know that i know them yet but i mm. like i'm comfortable saying that there's there's i feel like there's always a connection between the doctor and people he meets in various time streams that, oh. like you guys are gonna trust me mm-hmm. you don't know why he's but just gonna trustworthy trust me. yeah like booster gold <laughs> he's just like, like booster gold, booster gold. <laughs> uh-huh. doctor who reason, and booster Batman gold just really likes booster gold yeah. same thing that's funny <laughs> why has there never been that crossover <laughs> dc comics come on so i'm really hoping that you know when i approach them and say like we need to buy this book that somewhere there's going to be more money. But again, not exactly sure how the whole money thing works. I never have to use it. <laughs> Going and then at, like as the gavel is about to come down for a third hit, uh, the blonde gentleman in the front of the room stands up. $500,000. And again, there's like another like murmuring, that's Doc Savage. How? So what do we know about Doc Savage? What do you know about Doc Savage? I Nobody needs to roll for this. Cool. Doc Savage is a famous hero inventor. He has traveled the world and saved humanity countless times from diseases, from mole men, from and from like volcanoes erupting. He is the most brilliant human mind on the planet Earth. He lives he also lives in New York City. Uh, he has he lives at the top of the Empire State Building. 
uh, and he sort of <laughs> looks down on the rest of the world and, uh, you know, keeps things in order. I'm guessing we've met, but have we met yet, Doc Savage and I? You probably have not met yet. Okay. Uh, he's someone you have just haven't gotten around to meeting. It's it's always been like, oh, I will, I'll see Doc Savage, and then you the TARDIS goes in the wrong direction. Ugh, yeah, it's a left instead of a right. You probably met him at press events, and mm-hmm. as Batman, you might have met him once, but it was a fleeting meeting where you were doing different things that were all sort of like two unrelated cases that merged. And the okay. spirit was there. Yeah. <laughs> of course the spirit was there. Yeah. Can, can I uh, roll a show hidden for any maybe uh, like background intel that MI6 might have that would show some shady dealings or something? For, with Doc Savage? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Roll, roll that. 78. Uh, yeah, the only thing you know is pretty much what everybody else knows. Doc Savage's dossier is clean as a whistle. As far as everyone knows, he's one of the good guys. Okay. So do we trust Doc Savage? Yeah, I, I grow less tense and I... <laughs> and I say... Let's just let's just let him have it. <laughs> Five hundred thousand dollars going once. Six hundred thousand dollars. Six hundred thousand dollars. Howard Stark makes it rain a little bit. <laughs> Is there any ends to Howard Stark's fortune? Who's who's rich? Who's rich? Bruce Wayne or Howard Stark? Um, it's that plus twenty two thousand four hundred fifty four dollars and forty eight cents. <laughs> so uh, Howard Howard Stark's fortune is pretty vast. I, I'm going to say, like, if it comes to blows over the holdings of the Wayne Corporation and the Stark Corporation, uh, Starks are new money. Waynes are old money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both backed by industry, but Wayne's probably have a a little bit more. They've invested in more things spread mm-hmm. out. They have a less liquidity. Uh, the, yeah, they have a, an apartment building they manage as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they have a city they manage. Yeah. That's a shithole. But yeah, it uh, you know, like if if it came to blows between you two, you could probably buy more than him. Mm-hmm. Um at at this point, uh, um, at this point, uh, you know, like you, you've still got a pretty firm control over over Howard Stark. Uh, Six hundred thousand going once. Uh, so, uh, I turned to Bruce. Uh, would Mister Stark have any vested interest in this? No, the man's a drunk. <laughs> he's been working. He has absolutely no interest in history or technology. He's only interested in technology and furthering things in that way. hes I've never seen him be interested in artifacts or anything like that. Something's strange here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go over and uh, talk to Tom. Okay. Okay. Going once. $600,001. There is like so much applause. Everybody is loving that. This is the most interesting auction of the night. This is great. And Hey, kid. Hello. Uh, who are you working for? What? 600,001 going once. Uh, I want to do the Imperius curse on her. <laughs> Uh-huh. Try it out. Yeah. Okay. So Damn. now... <laughs> yeah. what, My magic stuff? Yeah. Now you need to... It, it's a roll against... Uh, 
you you need to make a sanity check. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so it, it's against, it's like, all right, so you do manage to control the mind of Dr. Jones. It is difficult to control the minds of two people at once. However, you are A, a master class wizard, and B, one of those people is a drunk and really easy to control. <laughs> uh, although Dr. Jones is giving you a run for your money. Um, it's difficult to fully manage him and divide your attentions. 600,001 going twice. $700,000. $700,000. Do I also say it? <laughs> roll, make your magic roll. Me? Yeah. Okay. To channel a message through one person and not two people. Wait, this would just be wand? Yeah, this okay. is just wand. Yeah. Okay, so you you manage you manage it all comes out of the right mouth. <laughs> 700,001. Hey, Bond, get over here. I will remind <laughs> Mr. Wayne that there is a minimum <laughs> there is a minimum overbid that is more it's five thousand dollars. Alright, alright. Seven hundred thousand and five seven hundred thousand <laughs> Work it out <laughs> plus five thousand dollars. <laughs> That's one way of saying it. <laughs> what is it, Bruce? Going once. Uh, Bond, get over there. Bother that Tom Riddle guy. <laughs> Go, now! $800,000. Going to... Going to... 800000 800000 going once. 805000 <laughs> At this point, the doctor probably does something like cut the power in the room. Like, something very disruptive to the auction process. Ooh, I like that. Um... <laughs> So I, I think I'd like to roll in some way for something that's just sort of like you a can sneaky use, undermining of like use creating a, a diversion. Use a magic point, and right. you can use the sonic screwdriver to create a diversion. To create a diversion, sort. although that will use so the magic points in this system uh, for people who are not Thomas Riddle, uh, you have to. They're, they're an expendable resource, uh, sort of like hit points in other systems. So if you go to the top of your character sheet, you'll notice sandwiched between your sanity and your hit points are your magic points, and because the you know magic and science are basically the same thing, we just know more about one of them than the other. Magic. Uh, your sonic screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> your sonic screwdriver works off the magic points, so you'll. Okay. Just be exp cross off one of your magic points. Okay, but that, you said that's not for me. No, not for you because you're using a wand. Although some spells that you learned from your mentor mm. will need you to cross some stuff off. Interesting. Um, and is there a limit to the number of people that he can control? Uh, there is, but that's mostly by the dice rolls. After this, like the next person he adds, he's going to be taking a penalty. Okay. Um, to to controlling their mind, like you can control NPCs Good. without trouble, but when you start mm -hmm. getting player characters, things get hard. Okay. All right. Um, eight hundred thousand going once. You had a mission that was given. <laughs> oh, to I you. thought you were gonna. Uh, yeah, my, oh, yeah. my diversion. Did it so work? The lights. The lights are out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please. I recommend everybody stay calm. Uh, I'm sure this is just a routine power outage. Axio Necronomicon. All right. Um, 
you, you the book flies off of the uh, off of the like auction area and into your hands. I want to disapparate. Wait, 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 wait. Can I? <laughs> I think in this time, as he was saying, Accio uh, Necronomicon, mm-hmm. I was already making my way through the crowd, ready to grab onto Tom Riddle and take Abs- him out of the room. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you're on your way over. You have the book and you celebrate... <gasps> I want to disapparate. You, ce- you celebrate one of those villain moments like, I've done it! I have the book! I'm the greatest! <laughs> uh, so you are You take a second to cackle. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> um, and with that cackle... Uh, having minus 20 to your skill to grapple, mm-hmm. you can try and jump on Tom Riddle. Okay. You get a dodge, but should you decide to dodge, Mr. Riddle, mm-hmm. you will not be able to disapparate in the same action. If you decide not to dodge, there's a higher percentage that Bruce Wayne is going to be able to tackle you. But then but he could side along, apparate with me. Yeah. That's true, too. <laughs> but... It's the difference between doing a side-along apparate and just sure. apparating. So, first things first, roll that grapple. Okay. Looks like... Is that a 6? That's a 90, that's a unfortunately. Nine. So, with 96, <laughs> uh, you tackle blindly and <laughs> you end up on top of... Let's see. Evens, 50, or, 50. evens or odds? Uh, evens. It's Lois Lane. <laughs> <laughs> we have you to son stop. of a bitch. <laughs> Barking up the wrong tree. All right. Um, so we like you are now free to apparate. Cool. Um, so this is this is more of a meta question. Is there is there a place that would be like cool for me to apparate to for story wise? You know what I'm saying. So what what's going to happen is this: you got to roll the wand check. You're just apparating very quickly because you notice there are people after you. Sure. Um, Maybe into the closet, which happens to be <laughs> oh. where there's a big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what? Roll your apparation. No, ro- so this is just the wand. Just check? roll the wand check. No, I no. don't do it. All right. So you do manage to apparate. Uh, and you go, you go. <sighs> not quite. Not Tom quite. Comes the book. A talking, <laughs> a talking Necronomicon. That would be the best sitcom in the world. <laughs> At the end of every episode, he like learns a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And then gets put up on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, you 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 manage to apparate outside the building when. Uh, you see a gigantic man cracking his knuckles. So you're Tom Riddle, huh? Avada Kedavra. <laughs> you, you, now you try and hit him. Oh, jeez. I did, I, I passed my wand check. All right. Uh, this guy manages to pass his dodge check. Green energy shoots out, um, like, shoots out next to him, uh, and he manages to dodge out of the way, and he puts his fists up. Uh, the the round continues. It's your move now. Are there any large uh, statues or anything else around? Me? Absolutely. This is <laughs> this is Gotham. There are gargoyles. Every there are gargoyles inside buildings. 
a lot of gargoyles inside buildings. This is the weirdest architecture you've ever seen. Uh, I want to enchant as many as I am able to protect me. Okay. So encha- try enchanting a statue. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. There is a statue of a weeping angel nearby. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> comes to, guys, it's not one of those. <laughs> there are weeping angels all over Gotham, and not all of them are creepy, predatory time beasts. Um, so, it, like, it comes to life and his eyes open wide as he like sort of has to decide between you and the statues and then monk swings out with his fist oh that's a palpable hit you can decide to dodge or not what's the advantage of not dodging i feel like i should dodge. you would be able to attack i want to dodge where's where is that so it Dodge is 60. Oh, okay. It's right there. Cool. No. 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 You feel a pain that you've never felt before. <laughs> <laughs> you have never been punched in the face. And perhaps had you been punched in the face sooner in your life, <laughs> <laughs> before you developed your massive ego, things might have gone differently for you. It's a very jarring moment. You drop your wand and blood, you know, spews out over your beautiful robes. I'll I was be- wearing robes at this auction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, maybe, maybe you probably know. You're better social maneuver. Dress robes. Yeah, you're dressed <laughs> in a black, black tie over robes. They're, they're just go, he's European. <laughs> um, Monk bends down and picks up the book. The doc wanted this, so he's gonna get it. See you around, Riddle. He kicks the wand away from you and just sort of casually strolls inside. <laughs> Alright. I use a spell to clean the blood off of my face. Mm-hmm. I'm running out to see what the hubbub is. As, I, as I'm running out, I see him. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see that uh, and you run out and then a... <clears throat> statue of an angel (laughs) jumps out at you. Uh, I take out my pistol. (laughs) My my, uh, Walther PPK. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, is it... Do I have full full magazine? Yeah, of course. One chambered? Yeah. Okay, full magazine, one chambered. Come on, you're James Bond. Okay, all right. Uh, No silencer. That's the name of your self-titled first album. Oh, actually, it does have a silencer on it. Um, so I'm gonna try to empty the magazine into this into this thing's face. Okay, so roll roll your roll your pistol check. Fifty three. I believe that hits. Yeah, that does hit. All right, and roll another because you get two gun attacks each round. Fourteen. Roll like no. not an idiot. <laughs> 58. There we go. So the angel statue reaches like a clawed finger out towards you and you shoot that arm off. And then it like kind of looks at you and then reaches another <laughs> arm towards you and then you shoot that arm off too. Uh, I'm going to... I think at this point I've come up behind him because I probably went running the same time he did. Yeah. Doctor loves running. Of course. And <laughs> hates guns. And so is going to sort of... Convince you that shooting this the enchanted statue is not the most effective way of Roll handling the situation. Roll your fast talk on that. 
24. Oh. 24. Wow. This, this guy makes a really compelling... Well, actually, make your case. <laughs> uh, that's a weeping angel. You're really not going to want to do that. Look away. Look away and it'll have to stop moving. Because my understanding of what this angel is is going to not match Although you realize, the world. You realize that you're watching this angel move right now right. in front of you. Which maybe... Does that damage so my sanity? Because it can't doesn't... be a weeping angel. Oh, that's true. Okay. But it does... I'm glad that you brought that up. Because I almost forgot. You both make sanity checks. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Voldemort, also, you make a sanity check for being punched in the face. <laughs> Should I make a sanity check after I've defeated the thing? Because wouldn't I be thinking quickly, you know, in a way to sort of like, you know, my training is kicking in. Alex, I see you a are going to make a great role player someday because you tried to weasel out of this check before the action started. <laughs> I am so proud of you. In this <laughs> Roll that check. Oh, okay. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. Uh, you make it with wow. flying colors. Yeah, it was fifty. It was fifty. Fifty-six. Okay. So I, d- I have to get under that, right? Yeah, you have to get okay. under that. You have to get under this, actually. Oh, okay. So did you did you make yours, Tom? No. Okay. Uh, Tom, you take one point of sanity damage as your worldview is oh, starting right. to become undone. Well, let's ask. Uh, is he at 40 or, or 44? He's at 40. Okay, sorry. Not anymore. Hey. Yeah, a f- 44 is his max possible sanity. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He can't be any saner than less than half. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, you guys, for making the check, uh, it's just going to be a one point of sanity damage as this is clearly a thing that is happening that your worldview does not allow for. Uh, it doesn't have a pencil. Uh. Somebody deal him in on one of those. All right. Um, so, the, like, the weeping angel statue, like, the, the statue that is no longer a weeping angel statue as its arms are shot off, just lunges forward to try and bite Mr. Bond, who has now decided against using guns. I, I have? I, well, I, d- oh, yeah, made she, a very yeah. compelling case. Yeah, well, thank you for that. It was wrong. I'm often wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I've caught quickly. Um... Okay, uh, I have a false lighter mm-hmm. that is full of plastic explosives. Plastique, yeah. Plastique. Um, and I'm going to try to dodge. Can I do like a dodge and then attack right after, or do I have to roll twice? Absolutely. Okay. You, can, you can do a dodge and attack right after. In any of my games, if you want to do a thing that sounds cool, you probably can do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a combined roll, so you have to get under the average of those two scores. I want to dodge, and as I'm dodging, mm-hmm. uh, slap the plastique onto the statue. Excellent. Fuck me. We inside. Are are we? You can run out. You can do whatever you want. Can I? Oh, I was uh, yeah. spelled. Oh. oh, after he was punched in the face, you were uh. released. <laughs> I did not make this roll. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, like, like you try to dodge, but the creature actually gets to bite you. Oh, shit. Um, and let me grab my pile of other dice. Did they have plastique back in? Uh, nope. <laughs> but this is also the Marvel and DC Comics version, version of the Forty, yeah, where they right. have robots yeah. and everything. Um, so you take 
five damage as this creature lunges forward and bites into your shoulder. Oh my god. Uh, you, you like, recoil back. Uh, thankfully, like, you have a lot of sweet muscles going for you. Uh, you're built like Craig Bond. Uh, so, uh, like, and it, this, the statue is really just made out of poured concrete. It's not a very expensive statue, mainly because whenever they tried to install marble statues, Gotham thieves just stole them. Uh, (laughs) And that, like the the angel, actually on this statue doesn't even have wings because to deter the penguin, they had the wings removed from all of the angel statues. So they're just really androgynous. Sad they're just yeah. sad, sad ladies. ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look around for something uh, that might be p- placed in such a position where I can shoot it and it might fall onto the thing. Yeah, there's a banner above you for the auction. A banner. <laughs> A heavy ass, banner. a heavy ass banner. <laughs> uh, All banners in Gotham are made of reinforced uh, materials because you know the Wayne Corporation had it mandated as a law, so he, so Batman could swing on them. Forty, forty, excellent. Um, you thinking quickly? You fire off a couple of shots, and the banner comes down, uh, and. The statue gets tangled up in it as the magic starts to flow out of it, and it stops moving. <sighs> Mr. Riddle. Someone stole my... the book. <laughs> Where did Monk go? Did he... is Monk back inside? Monk, Monk yeah, has disappeared back inside the okay. dark auction hall. Do you want to have us do an initiative thing so that we can... Initiative works off of your dexterity in Call of Cthulhu. So whoever has the highest dex goes first. Um, I... if, if we're still in initiative, which we may or may not be. Okay. I'm, I have 17. 10. 10. 13. I wasn't listening. <laughs> What's your dex? Uh, 16. Nice. Cool. So that's the, do we want to be in combat? If so, because we just haven't been going inside. So to like go back inside and outside or I mean, you, drop you, out. You can, you can, I would recommend dropping out of combat. Yeah, I don't out. think there's going to be any. That's good. So you guys, like the, the lights in the hall, you know, uh, brighten up at this point. Uh, you guys are like, I think everybody in the auction hall, like is at least ran out to the hallway after ascertaining you know mm-hmm. what was going on and you find monk uh who is unconscious uh and has been thrown into one of the one of the display cases on the inside of the building um doc savage's crew all goes over they're all military military trained doctors in various disciplines <laughs> and uh the doc himself is looking him over um what are you guys doing can I do a spot check for any clues as to my or spot hidden as for for any clues as to who might have done this? Yeah, yeah, you can roll it. God damn it! Eighty four. It's so hard to see, but everybody's <laughs> the entitled. Greatest detective. <laughs> uh, I I would like to to do some sort of detect magic to try and see if I can sense where the book is. Are they still outside? They, they are outside. I mean, like, outside, I feel like yeah. everybody kind of moved inside once the statue was subdued. Okay. That's fine, then. So am I going... Is that wand, or would that be... Uh, I'm going to roll wand on that one. Okay. 
this isn't D&D. Detect yeah. magic doesn't exist. But, like, you do, like, you, you take out your wand. You don't care anymore. There's no reason to hold the disguise. There's no longer about winning an auction. Um, you take out your wand. You can take out your screwdriver and do a similar uh, space-time disturbance check. Okay. I guess I guess I guess there's no need to roll for it. Anyway, you do there a spell was cast in here very very recently. The magic is unusual. It's not whatever it was, it was not wand magic. Um this was some sort of uttered incantation like the incantations that uh Crowley showed you. I ask James Bond, what happened to the book? I simultaneously have gone up and grabbed Tom Brittle by the scruff of his shirt. <laughs> Where's the book, kid? Unhand me. I'm going to stick up for Tom in this situation, try to get everybody to calm down, because I know we need Tom. And I know that he's insane, but not unreasonable at this point. And now we all need the same thing. We need to know where the book is, so mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to work together. I don't know if you saw Bruce, but I just was fighting a 12-foot <laughs> statue that came to life. He just did something to me. Bond, go home. You're drunk. Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want the book so bad? How'd you make that statue come to life? One question at a time, Bruce. How do you know my name? <laughs> he says there is a gigantic bust yeah. of him sitting directly behind them. It says in giant bronze letters, Bruce Wayne. I make it catch on fire. Hey! All right, I've had enough. Why do you want the book? I'm merely an inventor. What are you going to do? Invent something? What are you going to invent? He's not an inventor, he's an Egyptologist. Yes. That too. I'm both of those things, and I need the book for my studies. I suggest that you get out of here right now before I kick your ass. I want people to roll spot hittens. Yes. Yep. No. Yes. Okay. You guys, while you are sort of have your egos butting against one another, uh, you notice... On the floor near uh, near where Monk went unconscious, there's just a pale piece of something. It's sort of glistening and a little bit shiny. Um, it looks like skin. So if I okay, so if I know what's going, this is sort of a role playing mm-hmm. game question. If I know what it is me personally yeah. the player does my like i know so like, this know. is this is interesting that this has come up during an episode of one shot this is uh called metagaming uh-huh. um and essentially what metagaming is is using outside game knowledge to influence your character's actions in games right now most gms are going to tell you that like you can't do this mm-hmm. i will tell you that every good player tries to turn their metagame knowledge into in-game knowledge Mm -hmm. there has not been a single game where i have revealed a secret and like even with good role players where everybody has then not tried in the immediate couple minutes afterwards to get their characters to learn that secret right so if you have an idea about what's going on i've seen him before like i've noticed all those things Mm mm-hmm I've noticed that this the thing moved weird, so I can make an argument that my character being as has, is suspicious. Yeah, he saw su- all the same things you saw, and he's smart. Yeah, and I'm not. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> me the player, I'm not smart, but James Bond James is. James Bond is smart. 
Uh, so I'm going to tell... This is that... Uh, the German. This is a German. Faust. <laughs> That's right. And while I think that Tom Riddle, there's more to you than meets the eye. Faust is the only one who's not here right now. That was a fast head count, Bruce. It's my party. (laughs) (laughs) And I can cry if I want to. Uh, Dr. Jones uh, drops you because he's been holding on the whole time. (laughs) Your feet have been off the ground. (laughs) We need to have a talk about your future soon, kid. (laughs) But we need to find this guy right now. It seems we all share a mutual interest in making sure the German doesn't use the book. Do we all agree? All right. What's our next move? Have we, who are you? I, I, have we all met each other? <laughs> At this point, right, we've we've had a conversation. I think I've interacted you haven't, with everyone. But you haven't actually told us your yeah, name. You yeah. can, this, is, this is a time where you can do his big introduction. He usually does one of these every episode. <laughs> I'm the doctor. Not like Dr. Jones, exactly. And not like Dr. Faust. But if you'll come with me to the closet... Can you... <laughs> What's your name? The doctor. Doctor who? <laughs> <laughs> That's number two. I two point my, number two. I point my wand at my head. I say Abanacadabra. <laughs> and leave this world behind. <laughs> Can you look at my shoulder? I've got something for that. Just follow me to the closet. Ugh. <sighs> Do we? Do you have a thing about you that makes us like trust this? You know, or is that Doctor Who is just very charming and mysterious? Okay, isn't there a persuade? There is a persuade and a fast talk. Well, They're both skills. Let's do persuade. So that's fifteen percent, and I just did thirty-one. So. All right, yeah. So this is very, very convincing. Doctor is telling you to come with him to the closet. Where the TARDIS is. Okay. So we can go inside and start scanning the room. And I'm just going to kind of get to work while explaining to you all. Everyone's going to take their moment to be a little perplexed by the fact that it's bigger on the inside. Well, yeah. So so you guys go over to the closet and the doctor opens the door. And immediately behind that door, there is a blue door. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been a while since you have been in this museum for a photo shoot. But th- that's like a door within a door is not how... This place is built. This doesn't make sense. And then the doctor opens the blue door and you peer into the room and the architecture is completely different and it is much larger on the inside than that closet would be. And everyone rolls sanity. Things being bigger on the inside is a... That's a wizard that's thing. That's just a normal that is thing a wizard, for him. That is a wizard thing. I'll allow that. So what does it mean to when you roll sanity? I hit dead on. So when you roll sanity, well, good ties go to the player. Um, but when you roll sanity, you want to roll at or under your current sanity level, or you take sanity damage. Some checks you're going to take sanity damage regardless, mm-hmm. but essentially in Call of Cthulhu, <clears throat> you don't just take damage to your hit points. As you learn more about how the universe works and that you are merely a small speck in a cosmic spectrum of horrible, unkind things that are squishy and tentacled that fill our world and that physics is merely an illusion, 
you start to feel very small and you become unhinged. Okay. So that every little bit of knowledge that you gain is sanity lost. Step in the wrong direction. So I rolled 40. So what does that mean for me? Uh, so you rolled underneath your sanity. So mm-hmm. everybody who, who rolls under their sanity takes one sanity damage. Do I, do I take any at all or am I... Am no, this is like okay. this is a big room. Like as far as far as you're concerned, this doctor figure is some sort of Just wizard. wizard. Also, this says I take half sanity damage because I saw my parents uh, get that, killed before my very eyes. That is only uh, for incredibly violent things that oh, you witness. Okay. If okay. this was a room full of dead bodies, you'd be like, whatever. Uh, this says that I have suspend disbelief because I have encountered Catholicism. So, yes. <laughs> so so <laughs> you you would have the ability to negate this one sanity cool. damage. Thanks. So am I now at 69 or am I at uh, 65? So you'd be at 65. Okay, cool. And I'm pressing a lot of buttons on the console and pulling up from my files every piece of information in the known universe about this book. Is there a bar? <laughs> Past the library near the swimming pool. These okay. are impressive enchantments, Mr. The. <laughs> <laughs> Point one uh, our mutual acquaintance. Mm-hmm. D- did you see him on the way up? Is Raish gone? Has, was Raish gone? Raish was gone. Okay, cool. Does anyone want to drink? No. God damn it. Shut up for a second. We're trying to solve a mystery. <laughs> a, gi- a ginger ale for the Mormon. <laughs> Anyone else with a pair of, pair of balls? That's... Whiskey. Whiskey. All right. Whiskey. <laughs> you just sort um, of go get lost in this. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm going to the... If I see the pool, I'm going in the pool. <laughs> what is... There are, like, some companions from different timelines in there that he, like, hits on. It's pretty great. <laughs> Faust and Raish must be working together, but we don't know why. Tom, what's special about the book? Oh, nothing. It's just the most powerful dark book that's ever been written. That's all. Okay. And the things that you're pulling up about it, like, this is areas where the TARDIS, like, the computers on, that would give you this information crash. And you is can it because the, the TARDIS knows not to trust Tom? Uh, it's because the TARDIS doesn't want you to find out about this book. Okay. The TARDIS, like, you can, you can tell. The TARDIS does this all the time, where yeah. it's something that would put you in danger, it's just trying to redirect you away from it. Can I do like a a anthropology check on this book? Because I know other colleges yeah, have it. Yeah. It's not like this Tons is the first college, time. I've... Yeah. Uh, so I make it. So you know a little bit. This is like the bad boys of the archaeology department. They would... all wear black leather dusters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They would they would brag about like oh I've read the no- the Necronomicon. I've read the shards of Allura. I've I've read like like these are forbidden tomes that like are supposed to contain knowledge about the universe that damages you in some way. Right. And this one has a particularly terrible reputation. Um and most of the people who read this book befell unfortunate ends. Yep. It's like for you, you know, it's sort of like Busby's chair or oh, Busby's chair. 
Yes, if we pronounce it the Japanese way. Thanks, Italia. Or, you know, like any any of those superstitious things. It's one of those things, or like saying Bloody Mary in a mirror. It's something that like these, you know, puffed up idiots would dare each other into do. However, coincidentally, awful things also happen to them. Right. Can I roll first aid to fix his shoulder? Yeah. And that the TARDIS is going to heal him? Roll first aid. The TARDIS is... Because I'm in the pool. 45. Yeah. I think I'm good. All right. So um, roll a d6, Alex. One. <laughs> All right, so you heal one hit point. Congratulations. <laughs> that means a lot in this setting. Or in this system. Yeah, every point counts right now for me. Yep. All right. Uh, so, like, y- you're trying to pool this information. Uh, what, 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 what's, what's everyone else doing? Uh, Bruce, you're still Bruce right now. Hey. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, Mr. Wayne, should you be here with us? <laughs> Listen, I was trying to help you out, but I'm glad that I'm off the hook because I love having all my money. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my mansion and look at all my money. <laughs> See ya. I have a big basement full of coins, and I'm gonna swim in them. Yeah, like they're right. a liquid. And I have a butler who's just gonna make me a sandwich. <laughs> And then I'm going to sit down and maybe read a book. Not even an evil book. Just a regular book. I, I, would, I would say that maybe on all the button pushing I've been doing, that when he opens the door thinking he's going to leave back into the room that has the party in it, we could already be at Wayne Manor. You're at Wayne Manor. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's great. Yeah, because like, the TARDIS has been hopping around. So you, you, you open the door to Wayne Manor. You're what? You're in the library with the Shakespeare head. <laughs> it's that version. <laughs> version. But uh, let's let's combine them. And there's also the grandfather clock. Okay. I'm walking uh, back with uh, just one martini for myself. Uh, and I'm in swim trunks and I'm dripping as I, <laughs> as I walk. Yeah, water just dripping. Based on your perception, you've been gone for an hour and a half. Yeah, and so I come back, uh, and my shoulder feels the tiniest bit better. <laughs> Swim uh, it off, uh, and then I walk. I walk straight through into Wayne Manor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get back here! It's our bar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's uh, it's behind the clock. I mean, no, not behind the clock. <laughs> All right, I go for the clock. <laughs> no, and then I chase Bond, and we uh, topple down the stairs in a circle, <laughs> and our, our legs and arms are shooting out of the circle. Dust, oh, dust, 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 dust. Uh, I wish, I wish I had made this a year later, and Robin was around, so they could have slid down the poles, yeah. and Bond could have ended up in the Robin costume. <laughs> <laughs> But sadly, listeners, that didn't happen. (laughs) They do tumble down the incredibly dangerous staircase into the Batcave. And um, I guess since it's 1940, I I power up, you know, all the fuses on the the Bat computer. And uh, (laughs) put in the punch cards. Yeah. I say, listen, I know that you're working for MI6. 
I'm no dummy. <laughs> and I I say just here the bar's over there. There is a bar <laughs> there down is there. A bar down there. <laughs> and so so James goes to get a drink. I'm still dripping wet. Yeah. Yep. And, and he so are you now. Yeah. He doesn't notice that I'm changing into the to the Batman costume. Okay. And so I'm fully changed and then he turns around and says what did, Where did Bruce go? <laughs> <laughs> He's at uh the bar. Come on. <laughs> There's another bar. <laughs> That's right. It's Two by bar. the pool. Bar that cave. Yeah. So we uh we go back upstairs and close the clock and re-enter the TARDIS. <laughs> uh, I guess this whole time uh, I've been having this conversation. So uh, as this goes on, mm-hmm. we see that it's yeah. and I'm like, Tom, so I get that you're doing uh, magic. That's okay. <laughs> you're young. How many other people do you know that do that sort of thing? I mean, the appeal, I understand. It's just I've seen things over time, and it doesn't... This sort of thing, in this book in particular, it, it messes people up. You don't want to do that to yourself. Let me ask you a question, Henry. Are you... Don't call me that. <laughs> are you going to die? Yes. So are you. <laughs> look kid it's just you're really smart you got your whole life ahead of you that's you know you know more about egypt than uh than anyone else your age i've ever i've ever encountered so i i really i appreciate that uh you're invested on this and your your information is going to be helpful getting this thing back but if you ever need someone to talk about (laughs) To quit this magic stuff. <laughs> oh, there's no need for that. I can assure you, I will not be quitting this magic stuff. And meanwhile, Doctor, you're there. They've been talking about magic, which is nonsense and poppycock. Because uh, magic is just science that I haven't yet figured out. Exactly. Um, but the, again, this energy signature, I still, I've sort of switched the scans over to <clears throat> focus entirely on Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. To try to discern as much as I can about him, because when someone seems this sinister, maybe not a good idea to let them inside the TARDIS to begin with. <laughs> so I'm trying to be cautious in this scenario. I think at, at this point, I would have gotten a read that he is, like, that the energy signature has, like, a default evil to it. <laughs> that there may be even, you know, like, some Daleks spliced in here somewhere. I can't tell exactly how evil, but there's just some purity of evil that is something I don't encounter offer Interesting. often Interesting, in yeah. You know, and, like, as, as you do break down and try and quantify this evil, you do see that, like, recently in this person's timeline, there has been a touch of this sort of pure cosmic evil. Uh, this person is fairly evil throughout their lifetime but very very recently you'd say within the past year or so there's been something an element introduced that is off and now cross-referencing it with faust the readings you got on faust earlier it's there as well these people uh, and tom riddle being included have been touched by a corrupting sort of force that you have not really encountered before at which point I shepherd us out of the TARDIS. 
Because when when there's something that evil, I I need to sort of discern it outside of the. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want him pressing any buttons, basically. Right. Till I know more. So I think we're probably just in Wayne Manor now. Let me ask you, wizard, <laughs> where did you study? Oh, here and there. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, a, a bit in London, where you're from. Have some friends also near Cardiff. <laughs> hey, everybody. They're exiting the clock <laughs> with Bond right behind him, who's got two glasses of various substances. Hey, everyone. I saw Bruce Wayne down at the bar. He's tired now. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me about what's going on. Here's my opinion. We got to find out where Raish is going. <laughs> if, we don't know much about Faust, but I know Raish. You do too, Dr. Jones. Yeah, he's, he's not great. He's a warlord. Well, let's figure out where he is and head there. Let's figure out where he normally resides. You watch your step, Bruce. You're not the only one with a You secret. have no idea who I this don't. guy is. Can you read minds? Yes, I can! <laughs> can you read his mind? Can I try? Try. <laughs> I can absolutely read minds. Mm-hmm. Try. Read his mind. Do it, then. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> don't you defy me. Uh, You're but a player. <laughs> son of a bitch. Bruce Wayne has one of the most developed muggle minds that you've ever encountered. Uh, I'm sensing something. All right. Uh, baseball, cold showers. Dooby dooby doo. You get you get a lot. You get flashes in your head, like as you try to get through his surface thoughts. Uh, this person knows. Oh, what is it? What's the discipline that they tried to teach Harry? Occlumency. Yeah. Is it occlumency? Legitimacy is reading someone's mind. Occlumency is yeah. keeping them out. So uh, you, he, this person is using a skill that is akin to occlumency. Well, heroes, that's it for today. But we will be back Friday with the conclusion of our C2E2 specials as we kick off C2E2 on April 25th. If you like what we're doing here on One Shot, I know you're going to like last week's Making New Friends. It starred myself as a wizard, and One Shot contributors Patrick O'Rourke and John Patrick Cohen as people who had to deal with me. Check it out on Peaches and Hot Sauce. If you liked this game, I've got some good news for you. I will be running the next part of the Pulp Cthulhu series this summer at Gen Con. There are three games that you have the opportunity to sign up for and be a part of the Pulp Cthulhu legacy. Every year, I run three instances of the current Pulp Cthulhu, and I mash together the player choices that I like the most to create the story for next year. The 2014 Pulp Cthulhu is going to be set in the 1990s, and it will star Laura Croft, Tommy Oliver, better known as the Green Ranger, Donatello, the Ninja Turtle, Sailor Moon, and Doctor Who. Depending on how things go with Time Watch, we might be switching over to Trail of Cthulhu for this year's iteration. Be sure to watch out for Gen Con signups. Even before I was a podcaster, my games tended to fill up pretty quickly. And don't worry, even if you miss initial signups for one of my games, I usually keep an extra character as a floater in case someone shows up with generic tickets. But before Gen Con, we have C2E2. 
Let's hear some copy on that. The Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, also known as C2E2, is a convention spanning the latest and greatest in comics, movies, television, toys, anime, manga, and video games. Bringing the best of popular culture to downtown Chicago on April 25th through 27th. C2E2's show floor is packed with hundreds of exhibitors, panels, and guests, such as Adam Hughes, Brian Azzarello, Eve Miles, and more. It also has autograph sessions, giving fans a chance to interact with their favorite creators, and screening rooms featuring sneak peeks of films and television shows months before they hit either the big or small screen. Join us for the best weekend of the year, April 25th through 27th. For more info, head over to C2E2.com. Guys, One Shot is a Peaches and Hot Sauce presentation. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great articles, videos, and podcasts for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. Heroes, if you like One Shot and you want to know about all the cool stuff that we're doing, follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Be Your Own Pet with adventure courtesy of infinity cat records see you next time heroes A castle.